thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us on Jesus the Healer. And I tell you what, you won't be disappointed because the Word never disappoints. Amen. We invite you to get a notepad and pen or pencil and follow along with us or your device, however you take notes, and expect something. Yes. Amen. Expect Amen. God to do something for you. Release your faith in the Word today. We're looking at the different healings that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry because the Holy Spirit saw fit to record 19 of those. Now listen, there were, there were so many healings that took place under his earthly ministry that the Bible said in the book of John that if it were recorded all that could be recorded, the world itself couldn't contain the books. So we're talking about a whole heap of miracles and healings that took place, but the Holy Spirit spotlighted around 19 of them so that we could have something to study. And in studying these, we would uh, not only see what God will do for us, but we'll see how to receive healing and how to minister healing. So that's why we're taking these 19 passages of Scripture and we're studying them line by line, verse by verse, because we want to become skillful in this. Amen. The Word tells us that Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. That's the works of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So notice one third of what Jesus did was healing. Yes. But also one third of what he did was teaching. Right. Why? Because people have to be taught so that they can cooperate with the healing flow. Notice it says Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. He didn't go everywhere healing, preaching, and teaching. The order is teaching, preaching, and healing because without people being taught, they don't understand how to cooperate with the power of God, the healing power of God. So thank God for this opportunity to teach because as we, as we are students of, of the word that is taught, then our faith will be a more accurate in cooperating and moving with God. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's look at Luke chapter 14 today, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. We'll read through the whole passage, and then we'll go back and we'll take it verse by verse and look at it in more detail. But Luke chapter 14 and verse 1 reads, And it came to pass, as Jesus went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. 
and answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. Now notice, let's go back to verse 1 again. Let's read it. And it came to pass as Jesus went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. So he's invited after church (laughs) to come to my house and eat. So Jesus went with him to eat. I wonder if the Pharisee knew, did he know who he had in his house? (laughs) Amen. I tell you what, well, do we know who we have in our house? Amen. I mean, our body is the house of our spirit and the greater one is in us. Do we know who's in our house? Amen. Verse two, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. So you give the, you get the idea. They're sitting at a dinner table and it said this man that had the dropsy was before him. What's that mean? It gives you the idea they put him right across the table from Jesus so he wouldn't miss him. On the Sabbath day. Is it a setup? (laughs) I don't know. Is it a setup? They put the sick man across right before him. So I don't think it's an accident that it records that he was right before him. Um, And so looking at this, because dropsy is not a word that we hear today in our, you know, in our medical field. We don't hear it spoken of, but dropsy is a condition where excess fluid accumulates in the tissues. So a a limb or even an abdomen can become swollen and enlarged and skin can burst open with the excess fluid that has accumulated in the tissues. And so this would have been a, a physical condition that was obvious. It would have been easy to detect and see on somebody. So evidently, though, this man was still mobile. He's out, right? He's not bed fast. And he could move around enough to be in this location. And verse 3 says, And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Now, we don't have any record that this man asked Jesus to heal him. We don't have any record that he said anything. Jesus saw need. He saw a need. And no doubt. Now, see, we we know this. He would have seen needs everywhere he went. He didn't necessarily stop everywhere, but notice there was something in him, uh, no doubt, that was drawn to help this man. And so Jesus knew that this help might not be appreciated by the others that are present. So he starts asking those leaders, the lawyers, the Pharisees that were there, he starts asking them questions. What is he doing? He's diffusing arguments. He's disarming any criticism against helping someone. Amen. Amen. Why? Not because he's against them. He's trying to help the people who think wrong. (laughs) He doesn't want them thinking wrong because this may not have been the only man there needing a miracle. But before Jesus ever did anything, he he poses this question to those leaders that are sitting there. 
Um, notice this. It matters that when you're going to minister to someone that the crowd is with you. It matters to have the crowd with you. Yes. Amen. Yes. There were we have we have occasion. Remember at Jairus's house, where his daughter had died, and Jesus went in. And when he got there to the house, all the people were wailing and crying over the girl. Well, he went in there to raise her up. He didn't go in there to cry with them. He went in there to raise her up. But he's got to have people around him that are with him. If you're going to be raising people from the dead, you, so what did he do? He knew they weren't on the same page with him. What they do? They put it. He put them out. Why? Because if you're going to have greater results, you need the people. You need the crowd with you. And I say this especially for ministers and pastors. Get the people with you. Get the people with you. And uh, you, you get the people with you by teaching them. Help them to, to know what God wants for people. And so Jesus is trying to get the, the people with him. Not because he's afraid of opposition, but he doesn't want to leave them in ignorance. And so Jesus asks a question to the lawyers, verse 3, and Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Now, see, the Sabbath day, of course, was a day you weren't to work. Right. You weren't to do carry heavy loads. You weren't to walk, walk great distances. Right. But they looked at uh, healing as a work. Right. Yeah. But because, because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day, we know this. Uh, it's not a hard work for God. Right. It's an easy thing Amen. for God. Amen. 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 So he asks them this question. He knows what their argument is going to be. He knows that they, 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 it's not lawful to heal on the Sabbath day. That's their thinking. You have to wonder, is that why they invited him to the house? Was it a setup? <laughs> were they really wanting his fellowship? Or were they wanting to set it up because right before him they set a man who was sick? They knew the mercy and compassion in him would not leave the man as he was. <laughs> and this was the mindset of religious leaders of that day that healing was not holy enough for the Sabbath day that you only did holy things on the holy day and healing was not considered in their thinking to be holy. Anything that flows from God is holy. I said anything that flows from God is holy because he is a holy God and nothing but holiness can flow from him. Any answer from God for your life is holy. Any help from God is for your life is holy because it came from a holy God. Amen. So Jesus was going to heal this man on the Sabbath day to demonstrate to them that healing was a holy act amen. from a holy God, holy enough for a holy day. Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Because God doesn't have an unholy flow. That's right. Verse 4, and it says, And they held their peace. So when Jesus asked them this question, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? They held their peace. Now, it didn't say that that wasn't what they were thinking. <laughs> they just weren't going to voice it. And it says, And Jesus took him, who? The man with dropsy, and healed him and let him go. They, didn't, they kept their opinions to themselves because they knew Jesus. When Jesus asked a question, now notice he asked this question in verse 3, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Jesus was not asking them that question because he didn't know the answer. He was asking the question because they didn't know the answer. Right. Right. 
Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to know, you don't know the right answer to this. So anytime Jesus asked questions throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels that record Jesus' earthly life. Anytime you see Jesus ask a question, it's not because he didn't know the answer, it's because the hearer didn't know the answer. Yes. And he wants to give them the answer. He wants to help their thinking. So he asks them a question because they're not asking what they should be asking. So he's asking what they should have been asking. <laughs> Is healing holy? Should we be doing this on the Sabbath day? And in, in a way, Jesus teach us. Is this something we as Pharisees should be doing on the Sabbath day? But they weren't asking that, so he's asking them that so that he can give the answer to what they don't know. And so look at verse 5. Now we know this, that when he healed this man, we know this, that the evidence would have been immediate of his healing. Why? Because swelling would have gone down. This, these engorged tissues would have gone back to normal size right before their eyes. Verse 5, And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit? and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day. So Jesus is telling them that he knows that they you would show mercy on an animal that was in a life and death struggling situation. You would help them. Why not a human? Right. Right. Amen. They would pull. He knows the answer. You would pull out your animal, your, your ox, that one that helps you make your living. That one, the, the thing that makes it valuable is because these are men, these are farmers, these are men who work fields. They needed these animals for their livelihood. They're, when they protect when they protect the animal, they're protecting more than just the life of the animal. They're protecting something of value. Right. So when Jesus heals someone, it's someone of value. Amen. Humans are of value. That's right. All humans are of value to God. Amen. Amen. So he was telling them, in your thinking, you would rescue an animal. Why won't you rescue a man? Amen. Because, listen, I'm an animal lover. I got dogs. I grew up with dogs, cats, donkeys, horses, goats. We grew up with all kinds of things. I enjoy pets. I enjoy animals. But a human is a far greater value. Amen. And he's saying to them, you would pull out an animal that's of lower value. That means your answer should be, yes, you heal on the Sabbath day. Because what are you doing? Now see, notice the wording Jesus asked them in verse 5. Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Look, at straightway. You're not going to leave him there. Straightway, immediately, as soon as that animal falls into a pit. Notice Jesus is likening sickness as a pit. A pit, and people are to be pulled out straightway. Right. They don't have to be there for uh, days and weeks and months and years. Straightway, pull them out. Amen. Amen. Sickness is a pit that will swallow up the life of its victim. Yes. 
and we should pull them out. Amen. Yes. Jesus was pulling that man out of the pit of sickness that day. And that was a holy act because of the value of the human. What determines the value of the human? The price paid for it. Jesus' blood was the price paid. Jesus' body was the price paid for the human. Every human is of great value. Amen. Healing is easy for Jesus. It was no hard work on the Sabbath day. Amen. Verse six says, and they could not answer him again to these things. Why? Because his teaching showed up their unreasonable thinking. The questions he asked them showed them their unreasonableness. So they had no argument to stand up against the results he got. Amen. Hallelujah. The sad thing is that day, they really didn't recognize who was sitting with them. All they were doing was trying to find a tripping place, Mm -hmm. trying to trip him up, trying to catch him in something wrong when their babies could have been healed that day. Their bodies could have been healed. Their families could have been healed. They did not recognize who was at the table. They didn't recognize God in their midst. Amen. Listen, Jesus would have helped every single one of them that needed help. Amen. Listen, the Savior the healer, the deliverer, the provider, the redeemer was having lunch with them that day. (laughs) And they couldn't even see him because all they saw was the tripping place they were trying to set up for him. Yeah, yeah. Let us learn to recognize who's among us. Who's in us? The greater one, the healer, the deliverer, the provider, the redeemer. Amen. He's in us. Let's not trip up over what's not important. And let's receive of of the greater one that's on the inside. Amen. Jesus is all that the word says he is. And the greater one is to us all that the word says he is. Amen. And I would say this, when you go to church and you sit under your man of God, you sit under your pastor, recognize who's in front of you. Recognize the word of power that they're offering you. Amen. Recognize it. Participate with it. Draw on it. Receive of it. Amen. Now, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 17. See the difficulty with these, with the lawyers that day and the Pharisees that day is they did not recognize and value who was at the table with them. Um, They didn't see what they needed to see. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter one and verse 17. I want us to read this passage because it's a prayer that Paul prayed for believers to be effective. To be highly effective in your prayer life, go through the epistles of the New Testament and find the prayers. Highlight them and you learn to pray those. Well, you say, Pastor Nancy, what are the epistles? Well, the first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are dealing with the life and ministry of Jesus. All the rest of the books are the epistles. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And go through those and find the prayers that are recorded and you begin to pray those. In Ephesians 1 verse 17, let's start reading there. This is a prayer that Paul taught us. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding, or we could say this, the eyes of your spirit, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe. So what is Paul praying? He's saying, I'm praying for you. Number one, look at this, that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, of who you are in Christ, of what belongs, what is a part of in Christ. He's saying that you would have that wisdom, that you would gain knowledge of that. Now look at verse 15, the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your spirit being enlightened. What's this mean? Something needs to dawn on your spirit. You need to see it, not just with human eyes, but with the eyes of your spirit to see something. Number one, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What's that mean? It means that you may know who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ. Number two, that you would know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So what's, well, what's that? What is it? The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints that you may know what you have because you're in Christ. All that belongs to you, the riches of the glory of who you are in him and what belongs to you because you're in him. The third thing he prayed for them, that they would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Well, what's that mean? That you may know what you can do because you're in Christ. Amen. So he's saying, I pray that you would see, number one, that you would see who you are in Christ. Number two, that you would see what you have because you're in Christ. Number three, that you would see what you can do because you're in Christ. Not only receive for yourself, but do for somebody else. Amen. Amen. All the healings that we see Jesus perform were not for himself. It was for someone else. When you find out who you are, and what you have and what belongs to you in Christ and what you can do because you're in Christ, you quit making you the, the, the focus. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it dawns on you. No, I love something that one minister said. He said, since I've learned who I am in Christ, I don't spend my time praying for me. When I need something, I take it. Because I learned what's mine. You don't have to pray for what you know is yours. But it has to dawn on you. He said, so since I learned who I am in Christ and what belongs to me, he said, I don't spend my time praying for me. When I need something, I take it. He said, I spend my time praying for those who don't know who they are and what they have. Amen. Now, this is what Paul is praying that we would know what we have, who we are in Christ, what belongs to us, because then it'll change the way we pray. Instead of, oh God, would you give me this? Would you give me that? You recognize what he's already made yours and it's just waiting for your faith to lay hold of it. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is what we pray for those who don't see, those who don't understand the word that we're being taught today. Amen. Listen, Jesus did not want to leave these people in their ignorance. He did not want to leave them struggling. He was there and asking them questions because he wanted to bring them into right thinking. It's not right thinking to bring the man of God and hold him up for criticism (laughs) and find fault with them. 
Amen. That's not right thinking because he knows that kind of flow won't receive from God. And so we want, we want people to receive what God has for them. So the thing to do is teach them right thinking. Listen, for the first several months of my daily broadcast, I believe about the first four months, God had me to teach on the mind, to teach on right thinking. Why is that? Because wrong thinking will injure your faith. Wrong thinking hinders faith. Wrong thinking keeps your faith from working as it ought. These men that were sitting at that lunch table that day on the Sabbath day, they were hindered by their wrong thinking. Amen. We don't get upset with people for thinking wrong. We teach them right, but sometimes things don't dawn on them, so we pray for them. For it to dawn on their spirits that they would begin to see who they are in Christ, what they have because they're in Christ, and what they can do because they're in Christ. Amen. Amen. That we need to learn to draw on the wealth that is already made ours. Listen, it is our privilege to live as rich as we are. Let's learn to live as rich as we are instead of trying to get something that has already been made ours. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the light of the word. Listen, without the light of the word, we wouldn't know. We would not know. Thank God for the word. I said, thank God for the word. Right now, I want to take some time and I want to pray for those of you that maybe you're struggling with physical symptoms, uh, sickness. You might have gotten a diagnosis that has tried to trouble you. Maybe you're dominated by fear, harassed by depression. And I want you to know there's freedom for you. And so right now where you're at, release your faith with me. As I pray, let your heart agree with these words that I say and you receive it. So I speak in Jesus' name. Satan, you take your hands off God's property. You take your hands off of God's people. You take your hands off their minds. You take your hands off their bodies. You take your hands off their families. You take your hands off their home and off their lives in Jesus' name. And I speak for the healing power of God to go into every part of your need, that your body be whole in Jesus' name from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. All the pain leave, all the symptoms leave, all the distress leave, all the disease leave in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for healing power. Hallelujah. Right where you're at, just say, I receive the healing power of God. I receive it into my body right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, contact us, write us, call us, let us know what God is doing for you. It matters. We want to hear about it. Hallelujah. We've been teaching out of our book called The Healer Divine. We want you to get your copy of it. Go to our website at defrainministries.org and let us know that you want your copy and we'll send it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.